0: In a court filing Monday evening, Jack Smith laid out several witnesses that he is going to call to the stand during the trial that's supposed to begin on March 4th for Donald Trump's attempts to not only overturn the 2020 election results, but also defraud the government. And those three experts are all related to the content on Donald Trump's cell phone. So this is interesting. According to the filing, which did not name these individuals who will be testifying. They did, however, say that one of them is going to tell everybody what was on Trump's phone, both in the lead up to the Capitol riot, right? The days before when Trump's trying to overturn the election and during the actual Capitol riot, they're going to look at, you know, how many times he opened Twitter. They've got images, they say, of some of the websites he was visiting during the riot and of course in the days leading up to it. So they've got a lot of data, although the court filing, of course, did not lay out any of the specific data or the images that they're going to be presenting. So kind of to put it bluntly, we don't know exactly what they're going to show But this filing tells us that they do in fact have Donald Trump's cell phone data, at least some of it, and that it's going to be used against him in court. So several things that we can obviously extrapolate from this, from this minimal set of data that we have. The first is of course, they got access to some of the data on the phone. We know that they got access earlier this year to his Twitter account, so that one's a given. But we did not, I mean, at least I didn't know that they had other data from Trump's phone, including the websites that he was visiting. The second thing we can extrapolate is due to the fact that they say they have images of the websites he was visiting, obviously, some of that is important enough to show as evidence against him. Now that seems pretty powerful. Can you imagine or like with the charges Donald Trump is facing, you know, uh, obstructing the the Congress, defrauding the government, all of that, the websites he was visiting that day, somehow so powerful that Jack Smith says, yes, this helps prove my case. Again, we don't know what these websites are, but apparently they're important enough that Jack Smith says, yes, I have to show this in court. Um, that seems like a pretty big deal. Now again, it is super unfortunate that we do not have more information than this, but it does tell us that Jack Smith has been doing his due diligence. Uh, he, he has gone through, he's got his experts. These are the three witnesses he's going to call for this specific issue. You know, they're experts in, in the the phone tracking, in uh, accessing the data. So these are people who know what they're doing. And apparently Smith found things so powerful that he feels the need to show these to a jury to prove his case. Hopefully the trial happens in March. Obviously we have that expedited hearing request, uh, that Jack Smith uh, got approved from the Supreme court. They will make the ultimate decision on whether or not Donald Trump has any kind of immunity. If they say that he does not, we are still looking, hopefully at March 4th for a trial beginning. And at this point it's a little difficult to wait because I like so many other people really want to know what was on that phone. That was so bad that the jury needs to see it. Last week, Matt Gates traveled to uh, Northeastern Ohio, where he was kind of one of the guests of honors at a local Republican party chapters Christmas party. So everybody's there. They promised a great time. They had a cash bar. They had a DJ, right? Sounds like a fun evening and their guest of honor, Matt Gates was bestowed an award that I don't think he wanted to accept at all. An activist, or maybe just a disgruntled Republican. Uh, the reports are kind of conflicting on that. Some people say that it was just a clever troll. Others say that it was a Republican who was there. Either way, this individual gave Matt Gates an award, and it wasn't what Gates was expecting. So take a look at what happened. Matt Gates, we have an award for you. My name is Mike. I'm with the Strongsville GOP. The, the 2023 strong Motio Award. Uh, thank you Good all so Congratulations for your dedication using Venmo to allegedly paying underage girls to have sex. Yeah. You're so family. full of it. Thank you all so much. An award for using Venmo to, you know, do the things Matt Gates was allegedly doing on Venmo. I say allegedly, I mean the Daily Beast did get those, you know, Venmo transactions. So we know he was doing things, but he swears it was totally innocuous. You know, he's just helping out some people. Be it be just being a good guy, Venmoing them some cash every now and then for reasons that we don't need to know anything about, right? Because he's totally innocent and this is all a bunch of hogwash. Well, according to the DOJ, absolutely. Right. They didn't want to charge him for anything. Now what's going on with the house ethics committee on the other hand is a completely different story. So Matt Gates, as we all know, is facing an expanded investigation by the house ethics committee. They will soon be hearing from witnesses, uh, with regard to Matt Gates's behavior, So I'm sure that the last thing Matt Gates wanted to deal with when he went to Ohio was to be trolled by somebody who reminded everyone in that crowd that the guest of honor might actually be a pretty big creep. Now, as you saw in the clip, the, uh, person who handed Matt Gates that award was very, very quickly, although not quick enough, apparently escorted off the stage, probably escorted from the building itself, (laughs) according to a report from Cleve Scene but the damage was done, right? See, this is the kind of, you know, trolling and activism that I really do, uh, get joy from. Nobody got hurt. You know, nobody had to say any horrible names to each other. There was no screaming, there was no fighting, there was no cursing, just somebody sneaking in under the radar to call out Matt Gates for this type of behavior. Now, if you're like me, you're also still probably annoyed over the fact that the DOJ did not bring charges against Matt Gates. Um, as I've said in the past, even the lawyer for Joel Greenberg, Matt Gates, so-called wingman was shocked that they did not bring charges against Matt Gates. And this is the guy who knows what the evidence against him was because his client provided it. So our only hope with regard to Matt Gates is that the house ethics committee does come up with something so horrific that they have no choice but to expel him or he becomes so embarrassed if he's capable of that and resigns. But based on what we saw in that clip, I do think Matt Gates is capable of embarrassment because he looked both angry and humiliated, which is exactly how a scumbag like that should be made to feel. On Monday, Rudy Giuliani's defamation trial in the lawsuit brought against him by Georgia election workers, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, it got underway Monday and immediately, like literally at the start of the trial, which Monday was, you know, jury selection, uh, things immediately went off the rails in a horrible way for Rudy Giuliani and his lawyer, because they managed throughout the day to just repeatedly, almost routinely, like they were trying they pissed off the judge. It all started when they wanted to start, but couldn't because Mr. Giuliani was 20 minutes late to his own trial. Now this is a trial, as we all know, where a summary judgment, uh, the liability of Rudy Giuliani was already determined. The trial, which is a jury trial is only to determine how much money Rudy Giuliani is gonna have to pay these two women that he repeatedly defamed up to and including yesterday. (laughs) So he's already been found liable and he still keeps defaming them, which is again, pissing off the judge. So he shows up late, he keeps attacking these women. And then the lawyer, a lawyer by the name of Joseph Sibley, right? He manages to piss off the judge because after Giuliani finally shows up and things start settling down, they start, you know, with their introduction of evidence. And even though Mr. Sibley did not provide any objections to any of this evidence, you know, before the trial, he, he had the opportunity to do it. He could have said, nope, we don't want this introduced. Uh, there's a reason you can't do this. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. He didn't do any of that. Like he basically approved all of this evidence before the trial. So then they're going through with the judge, talking about the evidence and time after time, after time, Mr. Sibley objected to it. It got so bad and his objections were so frequent that at one point when he objected, the judge yelled, oh, surprise. So the judge was getting pissed. Judge Beryl Howell. She didn't want to have any of this crap and you can't really blame her. Both of these legal teams, you know, for the plaintiffs and for the defendants, they had their opportunity to object to these types of evidences, you know, whatever it is prior to the trial, they chose not to do it, which essentially means they approve of all of this evidence being introduced. Then when they're going through the formalities to begin the trial, Giuliani's lawyers, just nope, object, 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 object. So the judge was getting angry about that. And that's not where you want to be on day one of the trial. And as I said, on day two, uh, Giuliani still attacking the women. So the judge was getting even more annoyed with the lawyer, more, more annoyed with Giuliani. So they've spent so far the first two days, just pissing off the judge <laughs> again, not where you want to be luckily for them though, unlike Donald Trump's trial in New York for fraud, where liability has also already been determined. They're just haggling over the price. Um, the judge in this case, Beryl Howell is not going to be the one to issue the final decision. Giuliani does get a jury trial because his lawyers, unlike Trump's managed to fill the paperwork out properly. But Giuliani is facing anywhere between 15 and a half to $43 million in damages that he could have to pay these two women. And given the reports about Giuliani's alleged financial struggles in recent years, that amount of money might ruin him not to mention the fact that he's still facing the defamation lawsuits from Smartmatic and Dominion voting systems. He's got that, uh, uh, harassment lawsuit from one of his former employees. Of course, he's been indicted in Georgia and they've made it clear they're not going to offer him any plea deals. So he's going to have to pay the legal fees for all those things. And of course the punishments for all those things, he already definitely has to pay the legal fees of Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. So yeah, This probably when your whole financial future is on the line, not the best time to piss off everybody in that courtroom because they could very easily just choose to bankrupt you because it's within their power to do it. Stop pissing them off. If you want to be able to walk away from this with any dollars left in your pockets. In an interview with CNN host Aaron Burnett this week, uh, freedom caucus member, Republican Congressman Ken Buck admitted freely that he has absolutely not seen a single shred of evidence that implies that president Biden engaged in any kind of criminal wrong, wrongdoing. However, Buck says he, uh, he's still inclined, you know, to, to vote for the impeachment now let me restate that in case you, you didn't quite hear it. He admits there's no evidence that president Biden committed a crime. And by the way, Buck has been saying that for quite some time. So he hasn't changed his tune there, but he does say, but you know what, Yeah, may, maybe we'll just do it. Right? I mean, I know there's nothing there, but Hey, let's just do it anyway, because that's apparently how impeachment works these days. Here is specifically what Buck said. He said, I'm struggling right now. I have to tell you on the one hand, I have come out strongly and said, there's no direct evidence linking president Biden with the activities of Hunter Biden. And at the same time, the white house recently sent a letter after these committees issued subpoenas to the white house, the the white house sent a letter back and said, you haven't held an impeachment inquiry vote yet. And we're not going to give you any records until you pass an impeachment inquiry. Uh, I think that's an absolutely wrong position and a delay tactic, which would necessitate Congress going to the courts and having the courts enforce the subpoena. So uh, I wish the White House wouldn't have done that. I don't think there is direct evidence. I'm struggling and I want to read the resolution before making a final decision on whether to vote for it or not. I get it. You're a lawmaker, you know, you don't want to vote on this impeachment inquiry which is what we're talking about here. This is not the final impeachment vote. Uh, you know, you want to read it, I'll give you that, uh, here's the thing though, pal, you're admitting again, in your statement, you're like, there's no evidence, but the white house wasn't really nice to us. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to stick it to them a little bit. Okay. So, so that's where we're at that that's how things are going to be. right? like, oh, they were kind of rude. They sent a letter and I didn't like, I didn't like the words that they use. So I guess we have no choice, but to try to remove this man from office. Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't want to, but y'all were me. You hurt my feelings. Like that's the argument you're going to go with. Like, well, and I got to read the thing first. What do you need to read? Listen, look, everybody should read more. I should read more. You're a lawmaker. You should read everything you vote on. But let's be clear, you're already admitting we got nothing. My my fellow Republicans got nothing. Nobody's got anything. So yes, read it. But honest to God, dude, your mind should be made up already. You have the chance to do the right thing here. But you're screwing it up and you're being a typical, you know, pissy Republican pants because they were a little mean to you. You didn't like the tone of their letter. Grow the hell up. You're an adult. Act like it. You're a lawmaker. Act like it. It is your job to go to Congress and be a professional, not to be a partisan hack that just goes along with BS that you are admitting is wrong, but you're struggling with it. Well, struggle all you want. Launch the formal inquiry if you want. I honest to God don't care. Because there's no good outcome for any of this for the Republicans. Biden's approval rating is going to jump to the point where he is going to slam Donald Trump in next year's elections if y'all go through with this impeachment. So do it, help him out. Don't do it. Help him out that way. Either way, doesn't bother me. I don't think it bothers Biden either. So be wishy-washy pretend that, oh, you're on the fence, I'm having a moral issue. You sound just like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski with voting for Amy Coney Barrett for the Supreme court, right? Like, oh, I don't know. I've got reservations. And then when it comes down to it, you're like, yep, let's do it. Cause that is what Republicans always do. They pretend to have this moral conflict of interest and oh, we're not sure I'm, I'm divided. I don't know. This is right. And at the end of the day, they do it anyway because it's all for show. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.